The following is a presentation of the High Spot Podcast. Making their way to the ring. Talking about the world of professional wrestling. The team of Jeff Martin and the trendsetter, Brian Perga. The Jersey Wrecking Crew. All right, guys, you're listening to the High Spot Podcast. I am Jeff Martin, alongside the trendsetter, Brian Berger. Happy Shut your mouth, Jeff, and act more <laughs> excited. It's a great time. We hope you guys had a happy new year. What a great time and day to be in the world of professional wrestling. The landscape's changed all over the place, folks. It's not the same 2018 anymore. It's a new year and a new show of the High Spot Podcast. That's how you get it done, Jeff. Well, maybe I should just take a backseat to you, trendsetter, because... Obviously, you are really talking so much higher than me. So, anyway, guys, hope you had a happy new year. And we are here on the first, I guess, full show of 2019 here, previewing Wrestle Kingdom 13. And I'm more excited, Jeff. The Wrestle Kingdom 13, Jeff. Oh, my God, Transcender. I'm going to have to keep up with you. I don't know if I have the energy, but it's good to see a more. Uh, rested trendsetter, so hopefully that. No continues. idea what you're talking about. I'm never well rested. <laughs> I'm always running on fumes, guys. But, but honestly, I what a great time. I what a great time. Trendsetter going on forward to 2019. I could care less what you think about Jeff. You know what a great time it is to be a fan of wrestling right now. We're gonna be talking about Wrestle Kingdom, man. But you know what? A lot of other news has happened in the world of professional wrestling, which we'll dive into. We've spoken a lot about it during our free agent frenzy episode, guys. I know you guys love that episode because why wouldn't you? Because we're talking about all the free agencies, all the great news that's happening wrestling you were hearing me giving my analysis and jeff just you know talking for the sake of talking amazing time right now but let's talk about jeff wrestle kingdom 13 i can't wait for this main event to happen but let's talk about the rest of the card wow drink of water deep breath trendsetter so i will try now to try to you know have that same energy going into it but of course wrestle kingdom 13 at the tokyo dome in japan it is going to be an amazing event trendsetter of course it's headlined by the main event for the iwgp Heavyweight Championship. It is going to be the cleaner Kenny Omega against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Man, that sells itself, Transitor. We've seen now it's been uh, uh, you know Kenny Omega versus Okada, and now we head into another rivalry between Tanahashi and Omega. It's been all about uh, Kenny Omega believing that Tanahashi now has been it's outdated that he no longer is the same guy that he once was. It's New Japan just going back to its past. Your thoughts on this matchup? Because I think this one is going to be amazing, and it's going to be talked about just like we talked about Omega and Okada because these guys can go. Oh, they can go. They can go hundreds of times. It's amazing the uh, testicular fortitude of these athletes, Jeff. But, hey, let's give credit where credit is due here. I mean, this match, like you said, sells itself, right? But let's talk about the great work New Japan has done in terms of building up this match. I mean, if you guys want to check out YouTube and the account that Jeff's been showing me this, they do a great job of breaking down the story. So if this is the first time you've ever seen a Wrestle Kingdom, which I'm surprised how it could be the first time. I mean, you know, once you see a little bit of it, you just want another taste. and You want more and more and more and more. And you're going to get it at Wrestle Kingdom 13. But they do a great job of explaining the storylines of what's going on. And like you said before, Kenny looks at more of uh, um, uh, the scenario of, of New Japan trying to go back to the past again. And, you know, it, it's cool. And, and the, the saying goes, old school is cool sometimes. And sometimes if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if you're really trying to evolve yourself as a company, you can't refer to go back to the past the way things were. Because the way things were, you're just isolating yourself to one particular audience. 
With this whole new, you know, change the world mentality that Kenny has, it's about opening up the doors of New Japan and letting not just Japan, but the world know about this place. And I think Kenny takes offense to that because not only offense to it from his opponent, but takes offense to it from the promotion New Japan. I am the face of the company, and now you're trying to push me to the side because this is your poster child. I am not typically what you want. I'm not the kind of person you want to promote, although you want to build that supposed invisible, invisible bridge that you would see, like for example, in the movies Thor, to, to connect the two worlds together, nice the United reference. States and Japan. Now you want to bring in what once worked to see if it works again. And to me, that's a huge insult to Kenny. And so Kenny to me, has a humongous chip on his shoulders. As Jeff starts laughing at me because I'm losing my, I'm losing my breath here because <laughs> I'm just so animated. Yeah. I love listening to the Trendsetter ladies. I love it, Trendsetter. Remember, there's only about maybe 51 more weeks of these shows that we got to do. Can you keep up this pace? I want to see it, folks. I give it till maybe, ooh, I would say July. But anyway, Trendsetter. The after this big, episode, I'm done. <laughs> but after this, the big elephant in the room is the future of Kenny Omega. Now, we might know, you know beforehand if he does sign with AEW, whether he commits to that full time or whether he does a split with New Japan, but there were tons of, I guess, uh, you know, not rumors, but just speculation on what exactly would be the outcome of this match, and we're here to give it to you here, our predictions of what's going to happen here. Tanahashi has resigned. He's committed to New Japan throughout the year. Is that enough for New Japan to say, hey, let's give the belt to Tanahashi. We know what he is. We know what he has meant for this company. He is the John Cena. Or Don't say they, that word, please. Uh, I had to say it because that's who they compare Tanahashi to. But do they still believe that Kenny Omega can bridge that gap between the U.S. and Japan as they move forward into 2019, heading to California as they go do their shows? Also, now they're going into North Carolina as well. Do you think that they have maybe you know decided to go against Kenny Omega? And do you think Kenny Omega does want to fully commit to New Japan? Should I also give my prediction who's going to win this match too? Yeah, and guess my weight too. Okay. Um... Hmm. Where do I start off, Jeff? There's so many things to talk about. So many here. questions about this man. I have to say it all in one breath because that's how I usually do it. But um, does does the company believe in Kenny Omega? From my vantage point, no, they don't. And the only reason why is because all the I want to see the lashing Kenny's talked about. But in terms of he's publicly come out and talked about the direction or 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 for example the differences, lack of direction, lack of direction that him and New Japan are dealing with right now. So that draws up a red flag right there. Do I think it's in New Japan's best interest to keep Kenny Omega and to have him as that bridge, as that face of the company? Hell yes, of course. Why wouldn't you? Because as much as people come to me, and, and, and believe it or not, Jeff, some people have told me that you know they don't like Kenny Omega, which is fine. If he's not your cup of tea, he's not your cup of tea. Yeah, Brad Shepard. But for, for, <laughs> for them to say to me, the guys like Okada, Ibushi, even maybe Tanahashi should be the face of this company then what are we really selling now? Are we just selling, quote-unquote, just Japanese pro wrestling? Are we trying to sell this as pro wrestling that just has the name New Japan as a brand? Don't we want to expand our audience here? Because if you want to look at it, WWE is a global phenomenon. Everyone around the world knows who WWE is. If you stick to the same mentality of sticking, oh, we want these Japanese stars to be the face of our company, then who are you really t- who who's your target audience? Who are you really trying to? Are they afraid 
to go and fully commit to the USA guy. You know what I mean? That's the question because, again. And he's not even a USA guy. He's a Canadian, uh, a Canadian for God's sakes. You, go. you know, he's a, he's a guy sheen. North American guy. A, a, a North American guy. And But to me, to me, it makes no sense. If somebody has this much momentum, this much ability of, of drawing an audience, why wouldn't you do it? But, again, old habits are hard to break. What I think is going to happen here, Jeff, is they think all the signs are leaning towards Tanahashi becoming victorious. You know, the whole storyline of, oh, he's past his prime. He still, have a, he still has a lot left in the tank. I think it's leaning towards the story of how everybody wants to promote it in terms of New Japan as Tanahashi still being that Hulk Hogan, that, that John Cena. He still has a lot more left in the tank. He's not an old-timer. He can still be a top guy. But if that happens, it's a disservice. What I think is going to happen is, and what I hope to happen is, Kenny Omega will retain his championship. He will defeat Tanahashi and prove, once again, how he wants to change the world. By changing the world is, first and foremost, you have to destroy the past. Wow, you led me to believe that you were going to go with Tanahashi here. And you mentioned story, and that is what I think that they're telling here, a story. And I think that Kenny Omega has... You know, gotten over the hurdle of Okada, and now he must get over the hurdle of Tanahashi, the the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If he does that, then he truly does become the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think that is what they're trying to do. I think that is the story. Maybe Kenny's working all of us on the Jericho Cruise, talking about his, uh, you know, not being too much seeing eye to eye with New Japan management. So I think again, this is all the story, and I think this is what makes it so amazing to watch. Is what's going to happen here because again another side story is the commitment of Kenny Omega now with AEW what's going to happen is he going to part-time is he going to full-time New Japan what is he going to do that's what leads to question and now with Tanahashi now being now full-time with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling as far as you know uh, re-signing I think that uh, that just adds more to the controversy so at the end of the day I think this is the story I think Kenny Omega needs to get past the real face of New Japan Pro Wrestling and I think Kenny Omega Omega retains his championship, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And to me, it is maybe on par with any other world championship out there. And to me, it is the best world championship out there. Real quick, would you be shocked if they went the other way? No, I would not. I would not because the story sets itself up where they might feel like, again, they don't believe in Kenny, so they go back to a Tanahashi. And plus, we do not know what they know, and that is Kenny Omega's commitment to New Japan. And one more thing. You think if they do that, do they set themselves back as a promotion by taking the title off of Oh, Kenny? hell to the yeah. I really do believe it because you need that guy to represent. Listen, is Jay White have the ability to have, you know, has all the pieces to do it? Yes, but he is not Kenny Omega. He has not had those matches. He has not been able to tell those stories. He is very young into his career. Jay White has the ability to do it, but let's talk about Bullet Club. They've decided to take Bullet Club away from uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny and Cody and drive them away. Like there are businessmen too. It is a business as well. So it's not just New Japan doing it. But listen, New Japan couldn't meet them anywhere to help them monetize Bullet Club. They didn't see any kind of uh, money coming out of those shirts or anything like that. Uh, they had to go on their own. They a had lot to, of shirts sold. A lot of shirts too. So you know, it's Bullet Club also by going back to the old school, like you were mentioning. You know, with with uh, Tamatanga uh, firing squad now having Jay White as the leader of the Bullet Club and having it more towards New Japan. The Bullet Club was something that in the U.S. they were having shirts. Now I don't even know if those are going to sell anymore because of them going back to uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and stake sticking you know with the old school and having the OGs take care of it. So there's you know there's so much going on now and there's so many opinions I believe. But heading 
you know, going back to this Kenny Omega Tanahashi match, I do believe it is a story. And yes, there's some truth to the story. Sure, there's truth to a lot of stories sometimes, you know. But I do believe though this is setting up for Kenny Omega to be the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Pro Wrestling Trend Center. Yeah, I I would say I think that's where it's leaning towards the story, but. Uh we shall find out, as they say. Yeah, ten matches in all here uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm circling down a couple ones that pique my interest. And one of them, Trendsetter, is a guy that's kind of been, you know, at the very near top of the card. And that is Kazuchika Okada. He's been main eventing most of these Wrestle Kingdoms. He's had the longest title run uh, for New Japan with that IWGP championship, but now he fights this year for uh, other reasons too. I mean, he. Gato turned his back on him. Jay White has now become the leader of Bullet Club. And now there is a rivalry brewing between these two, Okada and Jay White. This is a matchup, again, that uh, there's a lot of rivalry between these guys. There's a lot of anger towards Jay White. Jay White has, uh, you know, interfered in a lot of Okada's matches. Now it comes to a point here. This matchup, to me, has a lot of interest to me because Gato is going to be a factor on the outside. There's no question it's going to be a factor on the outside. But I think what I find intriguing about this is that it's no longer about championships right now currently for Okada. This is more personal. So we're getting a more more of dimensions, more 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 layers behind what Okada is as opposed to what he was when he was, you know, he still is the rainmaker, but it, you know, he became more of a a singular type of figure when he was champion for so many years and he was so dominant. Now you saw more of a humanistic side. You saw uh, Okada in a very vulnerable position here. So I think it creates layers for Okada. Huge opportunity for a guy like JY to work with a guy like Okada because you would like to think when they touch, magic's going to happen. It doesn't always work, but you think in this case, the way they're building up the story doesn't really matter because the story tells itself. That's what it's about, building up stories for these matches that we anticipate to watch. The direction I think it's going to go, though, Jeff, is that as much as you know, a match like this is important for a guy like Jay White to win because he's building himself up as the leader. He is the leader of the Bullet Club now. I don't think it's necessary for him right now. I think right now it's really important to maintain Okada as a central figure in New Japan. So a victory like this, getting over Gato, getting over Jay White, getting over all that the type of adversity, which he's never had to deal with that much anymore. He's been known to kind of overcome that stuff when he was champion. I think right now this is huge for him to kind of establish his character again as to develop himself back as that dominant force that he once was. Because right now it feels like he's in a point where he's trying to find himself again. I totally agree with you, Trendsetter, and I totally feel this is kind of a uh, important step for Okada as far as, like, will this be a guy that has to fall all the way down before he finds that redemption? Is this a guy that has to be totally broken down for him to get back on that road? You know that road. You lose a championship or you or you, or you stumble and you fall, and then, you, you know, you, you're at that point where you're at the crossroads of your career, and then it's the rebounding where the fans will – kind of a, a rebirth where the fans will be drawn to you. And I think that Okada is not done falling down. And I think that Jay White needs to be pushed into that, you know, a legitimate win for the Bullet Club member and the winner. And I think Gato is going to be that key factor for Jay White. And I think that's why the, uh, Okada still is not fallen 100%. So I do believe that I, I do agree with your story. I do. It's the comeback trail. You know, it's that run. It's that innocent climb back up to, uh, you know, main event status and heavyweight championship status. But I do believe he is not falling yet. 
to, he has not hit his low. So I think that Jay White will come out with the win. He needs a big win to solidify himself as leader of Bullet Club. I think he gets it here against uh, Okada here. But still, it's going to be a heck of a matchup. All these matches can steal the show, Trendsetter. Let's go. The IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Chris Jericho defends it against Tetsuya Naito. Tranquilo, Trendsetter. Tranquilo. What do you think happens oh, here? Oh, I'm in this not matchup? tranquilo. I'm. I don't know if I can say the word, but I'm effing <laughs> crazy right now, Jeff. Seriously. Um, what I think it's going, um, again, you know, I think a lot of these, the, the main emphasis will be st- good stories being told to build up these matches. Uh, what I think is going to be happening right now is that uh, I hate to get into the um, logistics of things in terms of contract negotiations and things of that nature, but I, I think, think a lot play, of they that play a factor, though. Play a huge factor in it, though, because Chris Jericho has kind of lived up to all his obligations with New Japan. Yeah, this is it. To this he's, point, he's and, and this is it. Uh, whether he resigns, we don't know, because you know Chris Jericho's a magician. He likes to keep things underneath his sleeve, so nobody knows what's going on, which is why he's such a showman. But uh, I really think the way it's setting up the story is for NATO to regain and reclaim the Intercontinental Championship, and to kind of have that that story of redemption, like you were talking about with the whole scenario with uh, Okada and Jay White. So I, I really think more this is leaning towards Jericho building it up, trying to embarrass NATO, and really leading towards Jericho losing this one and NATO reclaiming the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you. You want to look at storyline, but again, contract, again, it plays a big factor. And I do believe that uh, whatever Chris Jericho has to do next, I don't know if New Japan right now is uh, anywhere in his uh, television, so to say. So I do believe that uh, this was a great run for Jericho. Uh, Is it 100%? To say that he's going to be finished with New Japan, I don't think so. But it makes sense here that you have the Intercontinental Championship be defended uh, as much as it can be. And I think NATO now will you know, take that title in a decisive victory over Chris Jericho. That's what it's been to. It's been to build NATO back up. And Chris Jericho's done a tremendous job. But you want that... Intercontinental Championship defended. That is a mainstay for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's kind of been, you know, not defended, you know, a lot. You know, kind of been like, uh, Jericho's kind of been like the Brock of uh, uh, New Japan. So, you know, I think what they want to do is they want to bring it back to the front, uh, you know, to the fold for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I think the two Naito uh, will uh, get that Intercontinental Championship back. So, yeah, we both think that, well, you think that uh, Naito Naito's will gonna yeah. win. Mm-hmm. We both think that. There, too, the next match that I want to go to, Trendsetter, is going to be for the IWGP US United States Championship, and that is the champion, the current champion, Cody, the American Nightmare, who defeated Juice Robinson for that championship now. Juice Robinson gets a shot to win it back here at, in at Wrestle Kingdom here. Uh, listen, I believe that this was set up to build Juice Robinson. I do believe that Cody does still want to work in New Japan, but I just think right now that it is more important for Juice Robinson to get the championship. Uh, You know, it was weird that he didn't get that title run longer, so they gave it to Cody. Cody's had a successful year. And again, congratulations to Cody for being the 2018 High Spot Podcast Male Wrestler of the Year. But he's got so many. What an honor. What an honor. That's one of probably his best accomplishments he ever did in 2018. What a way to cap off 2018. But for Cody, he's got more uh, things to worry about than this championship. And you could say that maybe he has a lot on his plate right now and he looks past Juice Robinson. So I'm going to say Juice Robinson regains the championship here against Cody. Yeah, I would agree with you there. The way they're building it up, too, is the fact that, you know, Juice has never been able to defeat Cody Rhodes. 
Cody has his number and stories like that, you know, it always leans towards the guy who's the underdog, the guy who nobody expects to win, finally get that victory over the guy who's been so dominant. It's, 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 it's a classic story in professional wrestling. Uh, you're right, Cody, you know, the thing with Cody is, Jeff, and then the same thing I'll say about Chris Jericho and even Kenny Omega, Jeff. These are individuals right now, which is great that they're champions, and it's great that they're being recognized. And, you know, if, if we're going to compare in terms of the U.S. title, which is still very brand new, I really feel that, you know, the U.S. title kind of gets lost in the shuffle here because although it's a great story, it doesn't have the, um, doesn't have the legacy as, as the IWGP Intercontinental Championship or the world title as yeah, well. Yeah, this is a brand new They still new have to build it up. Yeah. And I think, like you said, Cody has so much on his plate right now where – Maybe he just doesn't have it within him right now to build that legacy himself. So a guy like Juice would make perfect sense because, you know, he could definitely defend it more often if he has develops its own legacy, that championship. But for guys like Cody, Jericho, and Kenny, these are individuals that are very rare, very rare in times now where, you know, the old adage is, is Jeff where, you know, it's not the, the title that makes the, the individual, it's the individual that makes the championship, right? But I think with individuals like Cody, Kenny, and Jericho, they don't need championships. They really don't because they're champions in their own right. They walk around like they're stars and superstars and they're the best, quote unquote, in the world. And it doesn't really affect it. So, you know, in that standpoint, the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, when it comes to staring like this, it only helps a guy like Juice Robinson and it doesn't hurt a guy like Cody Rhodes or Cody, whatever we're calling him nowadays. Yeah, I mean, totally agree with that, too. He does not need that championship. Of course, it was a feel-good moment when he was able to win the NWA World Championship, uh, you know, at All In because it was a feel-good story. Uh, it was the NWA Championship, something that his father, Dusty Rhodes, uh, held on uh, separate occasions. So it was something that was, you know, where, yes, having the title really kind of culminated that whole storyline with Nick Aldis. But here, though, again, um, the only thing that I would I see I'm picking juice, but the only thing that bothers me is that I feel like this title's been flipped around a lot yeah. recently, you know, from Jay White to Juice, and then Juice I thought would have a, a more of a title run and then they decided to give the title to Cody. So you could say to me that on on the argument that Cody retains is because that title's been flipped around too much and it could be the it could be the linkage. It could be the link between I don't know if linkage is even a word, so I apologize. It could be the link between... It seems like in 2019, you're kind of stealing my thunder now because I've been known as the man that creates his own vocabulary. Uh, I have my own vocabulary book. Are you stealing my gimmick now? I might be. I might be. Linkage. I know shrinkage is a word, but linkage. Uh, The link between the U.S. title and New Japan. And maybe that title should be defended for AEW. So you don't know yet what the relationship is, the working relationship, if there is any, with these two companies. But that could be the argument made for Cody. But I still feel that Juice Robinson will get this victory just because I think Cody is looking a little bit past Juice Robinson, especially with the announcement coming up this Tuesday about AEW and his future double or nothing. He's got to worry about being uh, executive producer. He's worried about booking, signing people, uh, so many things that this could be a... a and more importantly, more above all of those things, has to worry about what's Pharaoh doing. Podcast and Pharaoh, exactly. So upon all these things, he could have his eye a little bit off the ball here against Juice Robinson. So we're both going Juice Robinson here, regaining the IWGP US Championship. And then another one that I feel is going to steal the show, Trendsetter. And this you said that about all of these. I, they all can steal the show, but this is the one that I'm looking forward to the most, and that is the Never Open Championship championship. 
the never open weight championship between Kota Ibushi, the champion, and Will Ospreay. I mean, this match, I mean, you saw the World Tag League. You saw the, the, the last match of you saw Kenny Omega team up with Kota taking on Tanahashi and Ospreay. And that could have won match of the year because it was that damn good. And now when you get Ospreay and Ibushi, you've seen Ospreay. The guy, you know, throws no caution to the wind. Ibushi is amazing. You put these two guys in the ring for a matchup, it isn't going to be amazing. Of course, the story being told here is that this is a guy that Osprey looked up to. This is a guy that he's posted on Twitter. This is a guy that, you know, he's looked up to. He's been a role model. And now he gets him in the ring uh, at Wrestle Kingdom this Friday. It is going to be a tremendous matchup, and I cannot wait to see these two guys go at it. It is just, I'm telling you, that is why Wrestle Kingdom sets the bar so high, Trendsetter. This is tough. This could be, in my opinion, the last four years, this could be the event of the year. This could be what makes or break things. And now I know Wrestle Kingdom 12 was the event of the year. Uh, in, in my eyes, Wrestle Kingdom here th- uh, 13 could be the same thing. So, I mean, just in your thoughts, could this be a matchup that we're talking about in latter 2019 as this being a match of the year candidate? Oh, sorry, Jeff. I wasn't paying attention to a word you just said. I was just putting Icy Hot on all my joints here, on my knees and my elbows and my neck and my lower back. No, because just thinking of these two and what they do and their high-flying tactics, my joints kill me because what they do isn't human, Jeff. It isn't human. So you're right. I mean, with the the story where I kind of heard what you were saying because you are muttering a little bit when I was trying to do this. But, um, yeah, the the, the – it's funny how we can always relate to all these stories because they're all really relatable. You know, somebody you looked up to who you idolize. Now it's like, you know, it's like Jerry the King Lawyer would say, that old line, that young line, and, you know, you know the Lion King and Kuna Matata, whatever that bull crap is. You know, it's, it's, it's a story that's relatable. But I think it's scenarios in, in most cases are where it's, the, the mentor and the mentee or, or somebody you looked up to against the one who's the young and hungry uh, individual, you know, most times it goes for the latter. It goes for the person going after their mentor and idol and defeating them. But I, I don't really see it in this case right now. I see it as it's still going to be a slow build. I don't think this is a one-shot deal. I think, you know, uh, Abushi and Will Ospreay will have a lengthy rivalry. I don't think it comes to an end at Wrestle Kingdom. But I really do think, though, in this case, the, the one that's being idolized, the uh, Abushi, has worked so hard to gain this type of positioning for himself because he was kind of really going in, and I don't know much about New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I kind of really felt that he was getting kind of lost. Like there, He wasn't really going in any type of direction. Now we know what direction is. He's the champion. And, and at the same time, I think it's not going to be a quick title run for him so I think it's going to be a lengthy run but also a lengthy rivalry so I think Abushi wins this one but it won't be the last he'll see of Will Ospreay yeah I think Will Ospreay has had a tremendous 2018 and I think going into this one the never open weight championship uh, I think is something in, he has set his sights on and I think this is the perfect time for a passing of the torch and I think that's what's going to happen and I think Will Ospreay is going to come out victorious in this matchup so I mean, I mean Transitor all these matches here are worth the price of admission of the on the fight app you can catch them on the fight app on newjapanworld.com well you know this is something again the event is tremendous and we got two more to run through we'll have our predictions coming up for the rest of the card as well check up our twitter uh and our facebook page for those predictions for the rest of them but we got to go to the iwgp heavyweight tag team championships triple threat the girls of destiny tamatanga tangalao against evil sonata and the young bucks here what is going to happen trendsetter because listen Ever since the listen, I don't think the the firing squad and Bullet Club have never gotten that receipt back from 
Bullet Club or the Elite now, and the Young Bucks have a chance to, uh, you know, do that for the Elite. And then you cannot forget about Evil and Sonata, who again are also a tremendous tag team. Uh, so they're part of Los Ingobernables de Japón, part of, uh, you know, um, uh, part of uh, Naito's faction. So again, this is going to be a tremendous matchup. And just your thoughts: Does God? Does the Girls of Destiny's? Does Tamatanga and Tangaloa retain the titles? I think they'll get that receipt from the Young Bucks, but it won't be in terms of they're cashing in and giving up their titles. I think right now the way New Japan is, and we've built up that storyline, and sorry, and as I spit as I'm talking to Jeff here, um, <laughs> that's the quality sound effects we have here in the High Spot Podcast right now. Um, I don't think that receipt would be cashed in in terms of them losing the, uh, the the tag team titles. I think they've established themselves or the way New Japan wants to kind of position them as a dominant force. And uh, they have been that way before. I think they want to establish them that point again. So I have the Girls of Destiny retaining their tag team championships. Yeah, I, I totally think that this is going to be rebuilding the Bullet Club, the OGs, back to that dominant style. And I don't see them losing the titles here to Evil and Sonata or the Young Bucks. So I'm going to go uh, with the G.O.D. And, of course, they're going to have a block party coming up here at MetLife. Uh, what? Yes, they are. An announcement. What is this? <laughs> so, yeah, so definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with that as well. They are trying to rebuild that brand. So we got uh, the Girls of Destiny coming out on top. And then the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Tomohiro Ishii defends it against Zack Sabre Jr. And I got to go here with Zack Sabre Jr. here. He has been impressive. I finally got to see him wrestle at Final Battle, which is a treat. And I think that he, you know, a more um, I guess more edgier Zack Sabre Jr. Now I think he comes in and he defeats Ishii. Now Ishii's a you know a, a one of those guys that like you know they take a lick and keep on ticking. But I think Zack Sabre Jr. is going to out technical or out you know out work again trying to make up words like me. Stop copying the trend, Senator Jeff. It will not be who like you that. believe me. You do not have the intestinal fortitude to try to imitate me or try to be like me. So stop even trying, right? You're just embarrassing yourself more than you normally do, all right? You know, I would agree on this point too. I would say, you know, the way Zack Sabre Jr. has become to, as you said, that edgier side of him has is creating out technique. You know, it's, it's it's all linkaged together um, from what you're trying to say and the point you were trying to make. But uh, I think what's so cool about Zack Sabre Jr., as much as I spoke to in terms of the, the example I made, Jeff, with Okada, was that you're seeing now dimensions and layers. He's not just a one-dimensional guy anymore. Oh, he does really cool moves and submissions in the ring. He's got attitude. He's kind of... Um, Sorry, I have to use this word. He's kind of, he's kind of a dick in, in the <laughs> sense of he just he just acts that way in the ring. He shows no respect towards his opponent. He, he's nice. the kind of guy that you want to jump over the railing and punch him right in the face. And I give so much applaud and credit to him for doing that because, you know what, that's the kind of persona you want to present, something different than what you normally see. So I see Zack Sabre Jr. coming out of this one victorious. All right, Trenster. And now, of course, it is going to be tremendous. Again, Wrestle Kingdom 13 from the Tokyo Dome in Japan, Friday, 3 a.m. So I'm sure if you guys want to stay up for it, it's worth staying up for. Okay, this is I'll be the, up by okay, that time. This is not like that's crown, by the time I get home. This is not like Crown Jewel or Super Showdown. Crown okay? what? Yeah, Crown Jewel. Stop with that nonsense. Stop <laughs> talking that way, Jeff. Come on. Let's, let's, let's talk about reality. Let's talk about things that make sense in 2019. Let's not talk yeah. about garbage anymore. Yeah, so we waking up, we'll be waking up to see uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 
kingdom and now transcend basically course. staying up not waking up jeff i'm sorry okay for you waking up for me i'll you know i'll, I'll have the alarm clock set for 3 a.m on Friday, and now Trendsetter Impact Wrestling Homecoming uh, this coming Sunday from Nashville, Tennessee. What? Nashville, Tennessee is just, when you talk about wrestling, like Nashville, Tennessee is always like, you know, one of the names that you that you, that you bring up here. It's always I actually been want to visit Nashville. Everybody talks about how cool Nashville is. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually curious to visit this place. Looking forward to Trendsetter. You tell me the time and place, I'll be there. No, oh, of course. Yeah, I, you want to ride there. my coattails. I'll of be course. There, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? No, no, no. I'll be, I'll be doing that journey myself. World Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Johnny Impact takes on Brian Cage. Brian Cage handed in the X Division Championship to get this opportunity against Johnny Impact. Big, big opportunity for both. Of course, we talked to Brian Cage on the uh, press pass uh, conference call to hype up this event. And Brian Cage seems very motivated here. Johnny Impact coming off the big win at Bound for Glory against Austin Aries. And now this is a huge title fence for both these guys, uh, for uh, Johnny Impact. And a big, big match for Brian Cage. So who comes out on top, Trendsetter? The Machine the comes machine. out on top. Um, it's the era. It's his time. It, it's his time, man. It, he's got all the momentum on his side. Um, I hate to say it right now because you never want title reigns like that, especially what Johnny Impact on the story they built up when he had his match with Austin Aries at Bound for Glory and, and how important it was for him to get that victory and kind of be the champion or the face of a company like like Impact. I mean, I mentioned even before earlier on that I saw him in his time in WWE that he could have been a star in WWE's eyes but just never worked itself out to be that way. I just think Brian Cage right now has such mo- so much more momentum going aside because here's, here's the dangerous thing, Jeff, when you go into a fight, right? Anything can happen in a fight, right? But at the same time, Johnny Impact... At least for me, and tell me if I'm wrong. And if you do tell me I'm wrong, I'm not going to believe you anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So I, I take that I take that question away. But it seems like Johnny has his match with Austin Aries was very personal. But it seems like from this point on, he's kind of, in my opinion, kind of coasted in a way. You know, he he goes he. He relies on his athleticism and his ability in the ring, which is great and tremendous. But he's never faced a test like this before. A guy like Brian Cage, who can really dominate you physically, who has been X-Division champion and was such a dominant X-Division champion as well. But Brian Cage has nothing to lose. Of course, he gave up his title. He could very easily go back to the X-Division and get it back. But he has nothing to lose here. Johnny has everything to lose, which makes could make him more dangerous, but also could also yeah, foil him the, and be, make him more mistakes. It's easier to become the uh, it's easier to be the hunter than the hunted, right? Exactly. And so this way, I think all the momentum, all the favorite go for Brian Cage. We have nothing to lose. That makes you a very, very dangerous man. Complacency is a horrible thing if you are a champion because you don't have to worry about stuff. You've already become the champion. Kind of does. Spoil do you agree you. with what I said there? I or do totally you think? agree with okay. you, Trent. I definitely believe that uh, you know. Johnny Impact has a lot to lose. I mean, he is the Impact champion right now. But what I'm going to say is that for Brian Cage to beat Johnny Impact, he's going to have to outlast Johnny Impact. And I just don't think when you're carrying all that, you know, all that bulk, all that weight that Brian Cage does, yes, he is the machine. But if he doesn't end this quickly and the longer it goes, it goes to Johnny Impact. So can Brian Same. Cage outlast Johnny Impact? That, I don't think that's so. That's where I don't agree. You know why? Because here's the thing. He's been preparing for this for how long? How long has he been X Division champion, Jeff? Quite a bit. Right, yeah. He's dealt with guys who are a lot smaller than him, who are speedier than him, who are faster than him, who have made matches go longer, and yet with his size and his freakish athletic ability, he's oh. outlasted them. Trans- so I don't think that works. I just want to tell you one thing, that if I ever, 
ever get committed of a crime or anything like that, I want you to be my defense attorney because that is a tremendous point that you've made. But again, though. I'm not an advocate here. I'm just a trendsetter. <laughs> that is a great point to rebut what I got to say. But then again, has he taken on the caliber of a Johnny Impact? This is stepping up. Has Johnny Impact taken on the caliber of a Brian Cage? Wow. That is the question, Jeff, we will have answered. Yeah, so the trendsetter is going to say go with Brian Cage. I'm going to go with Johnny Impact retaining that. I still believe, I still believe that lurking somewhere is going to be Austin Aries because I do not believe that their saga is over. The world how tag, much are you willing to pay him? <laughs> the world, yeah, how much is he willing to like no sell again? The world tag team championships are on the line. LAX, we talked about LAX before. Of they've had a tremendous 2018. They've said so themselves. 2018 was their year, the best year they've ever had, and now they're going to 2019 here at Homecoming, and they're going to take on the uh, Lucha Bros, Phoenix and uh, Pentagon Jr. This is going to be tremendous here, this matchup. I am so looking forward to this. This is something, again, the tag team division. You talk about WWE messing up, shitting on the tag team division. Impact Wrestling Wash really your mouth out with soap there, young man. I'm sorry. I had to say it because that's how I feel WWE treats their tag team division. Impact Wrestling does a great job. These are two of the very best tag teams in the world. And, they're gonna, and of course, Lucha Bros are going to vie for those tag titles. But you know what? LAX has done it before. They've, done, they've gone through crazy matches last year. And this matchup here, yes, it's going to push them to, you know, to different points that they've never been, you know, protested. But I do believe here that LAX comes out victorious. Yeah, uh, there's, I have no question. I think LAX will retain their titles. Because here's the difference, though. When you look at Phoenix and Pentagon, great individual stars. And they've worked well together as a team. But I don't think you can, you can, you can quickly pick up the amount of chemistry and the amount of time it takes to develop that chemistry with your partner as LAX has done. They've been dominant. They've talked about 2018 being the year. Here's the scary thing, and I've and I've mentioned this to the guys too, and I've said it to them, and they're you know they're so humble and stuff like that, and they, you know they appreciate it. But I think it's very true, and I hope they do believe it eventually. At some point, I'll click on their heads, Jeff, because I don't think they've reached their own potential. I don't think they know how. I don't think they believe how good they are. Which is it's a scary thing because the, the moment yeah. they start realizing how good they really are and how dominant they really can be, which doesn't. It doesn't take anything away from how dominant they've been on Impact as champions. I think that's then you'll see the real LAX, the LAX that we all want to see. But this time right now, you can't buy a chemistry draft. You had a million dollars, you you paid for it this time of year. This <laughs> team has it. January. This team has it, especially after the holidays. Exactly. You love that, right? I love it. And uh, you would you pay for that. But right now, I think it's developing for Phoenix and Pentagon, but they're nowhere near the class, in my opinion, of an LAX. Again, I agree with that, but now I'm going to throw some – Truth at you, trendsetter. Hi, Phoenix and Cena. Pentagon Jr. have been a great tag team, and yes, not an Impact Wrestling. Yes, they've they've done a great job, but MLW they've become, they were tag team champions, so they've been there before. Is it a step up here on Impact Wrestling against LAX? Have they ever taken on a team with the cohesion that LAX has done? A team that's had a tremendous 2018. Listen, this is going to be a you, you you favor LAX because they have the experience, because they've gone through a tumultuous 2018 and they've come out better for it. But do not sleep on Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. Cero miedo, my friend. The Knockouts Championship trendsetter is on the line. It is going to be what you've pushed, what you've advocated to be the female wrestler of the year. And Tessa Blanchard, who is the Knockouts Championship, she will defend that title against Taya Valkyrie. And the special guest referee will be Gail Kim, another legend, a Hall of Famer, Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer. Uh, 
there is going to be magnitude for her being there. She has saved Taya before, and that is the reason why she will be there. They need a special guest referee for this matchup. They've had a long, heated uh, feud here between Taya and Tessa, and it's going to culminate here at uh, Homecoming. So it's going to be a great matchup, but just your thoughts real quick. Tessa, she's on a roll. Does she continue it? Does she defend her championship? Does she successfully leave, walk out of the Nashville Fairgrounds with that championship? My mind says yes, Taya will become a new Impact Women's Knockout Champion, but my heart says no. And the reason why the story leans that direction, Jeff, it really does in terms of Ty and all the, 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 the hurdles she's had to uh, jump over to get to this point. And now with all the odds stacked against Tessa, with having Gail Kim return back to the ring as a special guest referee, all, all the odds are against her. I just don't see it happening, though. And I see my guts telling me that Tessa Blanchard will yet again improve, which most heel champions do from time to time, Jeff. They prove that even though with all the odds stacked against them, they still walk out victorious. And I think that's what's going to happen. I, I think Tessa. I think Tessa has been so dominant. It's a toss up. I know. I it's a, there yeah. you go. I think it's a toss up. No, I think Tessa has been so dominant. And you know, listening back to our end of the year award show and the just the points that you made about Tessa and just about you know how outstanding her year has been, uh, going back from All In, uh, actually watching her uh, up close against Mia Yim that time here in Jersey for May the. Uh, We've been the very fortunate to see a lot of matches. Yeah, Tessa I mean, Blanchard's been. In. I mean, she is. Legit, and I think this is going to be a long title run, and I don't think it's going to come to an end anytime soon. I think she's the dominant force in the knockouts division, and I think this is another another hurdle for her to you know jump through. And I think she's going to walk away, and I think by the end of it, by the end of this reign, or whenever it ends, but it's not going to end on January the sixth. I think that Tessa could be the greatest Impact Wrestling. You know, champion greater than Gail Kim's been. I think she has. She'd that, be the best knockouts there's ever been in, on Impact. The greatest of all time. She is on that pace, and I totally believe that Tessa. Uh, you know, it's not her time to lose, and I think that this is just another hurdle that she's got to get over. Yes, Gail Kim is going to be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be enough for Tessa Blanchard. I actually could see Gail Kim here. You know, turn on Taya, and I could see her recognizing Tessa, and that's where I'm going to go to. I think Tessa is not done, and I think by when everything is all said and done, whether it's a year from now or two years from now, she will be the greatest impact wrestling female knockout of all time. Remember, Jeff, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Exactly. So, Trendsetter, that is a little bit of Impact Wrestling's homecoming. Of course, you got other great matchup, the X Division uh, title being the, on the line. Ultimate X returns. You remember Ultimate X? They put the title there on top of the ropes and all that high-flying stuff. Rich Swan's going to be in it. Dave Christ, uh, you know, it's going to be uh, going to be in it. Ethan Page, Trey will be there. Monsters Ball returns, Abyss and Eli Drake, and Falls Count Anywhere. Eddie Edwards against Moose, so it's going to be a great night. Listen, it starts with Wrestle Kingdom, yep. and then Sunday culminates with uh, Impact Wrestling's Homecoming. What a way to kick off 2019. What a, The first week of the brand new year, Transitor, and we've got this, and that's why we've decided to do a preview show here, and then next week is when, you know, the Everything goes back to normal. We'll get into the WWE. We'll get into what, what is normal nowadays for the for the high spot podcast. We'll we'll, we'll react to uh, AEW's press conference. You know, we'll react to that to the block party. Hopefully, we'll learn something of the Jericho Cruise. But it never stops, Trent Center. The news just keeps you know uh, coming hot and heavy through social media and. Uh, 
Okay, like you use that hot, hot and heavy. heavy. <laughs> exactly. Who's hot? Who, and, wait, who, who said it's hot, hot and heavy? <laughs> it's hot and heavy. I didn't oh, say it was hot and heavy, hot Jeff. And heavy. You're the one that said it was hot and heavy. How would you uh, describe all this news coming out through social media? Hot and heavy? One simple word. Awesome. It's awesome. been amazing. It's been an amazing <laughs> time, Jeff. And, you know, you, like you said, you were talking about, like, next week we'll have some sense of normalcy. There is no normalcy when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, guys. And you guys know that the crew has been listening to the Spot Podcast. You know, we wouldn't have it any other way. So we thank you so much for listening to us, guys. Guys, we've been brought to you by Collar and Elbow. Go to collarandelbow.com for all the latest sales. Save 10% on your online purchase if you hit promo code Podcast. all in caps uh they've got up to 60 percent off on clearance guys take advantage some great uh shopping to get done post christmas falls on all our social media at high spot podcast uh also leave a five-star rating on itunes we are on spreaker we're on iheart.com anywhere podcasts are available you can find us there and also our youtube channel is up and running Please like and subscribe. You can also catch Adventures with the Trendsetter. Uh, some big moves by my tag team partner here coming up shortly. He will actually make the announcement pretty soon. So looking forward to that, Trendsetter. And, of course, we are on Bodyslam.net. Uh, is where you can reach us, and we're gonna be start. We're gonna start writing pretty soon now as the new year starts. We're gonna have more time, so check out articles from more time. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have more time. The Trendsetter <laughs> and I here, and uh, you know, check out for articles from there. And of course, we're on the Cheap Pops Podcast Network and B Plus Player Radio and the Shining Wizards network Ooh, what a mouthful there so jeff for that being said guys we appreciate you guys listening to the high spot podcast first of the new year so really excited about that and hopefully i can keep my momentum and my energy up i doubt it i think i'm done by this time by next week i'll be back to my monotone self but you know what couldn't couldn't do that tonight because it was such an exciting time in terms of talking about wrestle kingdom talking about impact talking about a new promotion out there AEW All Elite Wrestling guys exciting time to be around make sure you follow us on all our social media platforms as we keep up to date and we give you guys the best news in the world of professional wrestling that we possibly can and also get, get an idea of what shenanigans Jeff and I are getting into and how long I can stand him in the new year I, I've, I've made a new year's July. resolution to be nicer July. to Jeff but you know I think Jeff is his own worst enemy because he doesn't make it easy on me I've been trying Jeff doesn't make it easy but you know I'm going to try to keep that new year's resolution for at least one more week I'll try it guys thank you guys so much for listening to the High Spot Podcast. We are the Jersey Wrecking Crew. We will catch you guys next week with a brand new episode. And remember, we do this for one reason and one reason only. We do this for you, the, the crew. crew.